Welcome to the Inspiring Sustainability podcast and live Periscope. Hi, I'm Chris Forbes. Uh, thanks very much, Adam, for inviting me along today. Yeah, brilliant. And I am looking forward uh, to discovering about Chris's business and his background um, because he set up the Cheeky Panda um, which is actually all about sustainable loo roll. We all use it, but we don't talk about it too much, and we certainly don't necessarily think too much about its uh, background. And so today, what you're going to find out is what inspired Chris to get into sustainable loo roll. Um, some examples of, uh, uh, and for me, this is an example of how you can take something which seems like an obvious idea but really make a business out of it. And one of the things that's fascinating about Chris is he's uh, really grown this business very quickly. Um, so we'll get to find out about that. And then also I'll be probing Chris on some of the challenges that he might be facing, such as how you turn uh, green bamboo into white loo roll um, for, to fit with our Western sensibilities about how loo roll should uh, look. So Chris... Welcome to the Inspire Sustainability Podcast. So thanks very much. Um, just a little bit of background about myself. Um, so up until two years ago, I was, I was running a very successful global headhunting business, working with some of the world's leading brands um, in um, hedge funds and investment banking and management consultancy. So I've gone from one end of the market to the bottom end of the market. <laughs> Excuse the pun. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that. Uh, that was uh, could have been uh, could have been planned, but it wasn't. Um, I uh, and um, hopefully there won't be too many bottom jokes coming out, but there might be a few. Um, so yeah, Chris, uh, tell me, uh, uh, heads up, what inspired you a couple of years ago to uh, to get in the, to the business of Blue Roll? So um, I am not the brains of the organisation. Um, it's my partner and co-founder uh, Julie Chen um, who'd been talking to me. Um, for this idea uh, for a year before we actually created the business and what I said I said um, well creating tissue from bamboo sounds like a wonderful idea but it's like practically how do we make it happen I said I need to get my eyes on it because without actually seeing the manufacturing and creating an ethical business you need to actually know that it's ethical at the back end mm. so um, I went to meet our parents because we're also partners in life as well as in business oh, wonderful um, and, um, and part of meeting her parents in China and sitting on this wonderful beach she then dragged me away on a three hour internal flight to go and uh, visit some bamboo factories and what amazed me was that when we got to the central part of China where the bamboo was that from the airport to the factory there was eight hours of bamboo that we had to drive through Wow! and I went wow there's so much of this stuff and I went well we're never going to run out of this stuff and so that was the first step for me going We've got to create a business out of this. And then the second part is when I actually went to meet the um, the factory owners. And um, they're all using modern manufacturing. I mean, it's kind of like the reason why SpaceX is so successful with Elon Musk is that the stuff that we're using in the West is like 70s, 80s technology. Mm. And the new stuff is all, well, mm. like yesterday. So closed-loop manufacturing, um, even the, the steam that's produced in the pulping process is then used to, um, for electricity for the plant. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the water's recycled, um, and it's all extremely efficient. You know, I was expecting to see 100 Chinese people all running around, and what I got was about 10 people operating a super modern manufacturing plant. Right. So at that point, I went, well, this is you know a no-brainer, and then discovering more things about how bamboo is the world's fastest-growing plant, um, how we can harvest it every year just like any other crop, 
and how trees take 18 to 30 years to grow. And, and it, we're in a thing called Earth Overshoot right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everyone's talking about sustainable solutions. And here's we've got the most obvious idea, the world's fastest growing plant. Mm. And we're not using it correctly. So yeah. I went, OK, right, I, I can probably step up here, make a difference. And then that was uh, um, the, the concept was born and the business was born in January 2016. And brilliant. I mean, that's what's that's uh, less than two years. That is less than two years. This uh, business uh, has been running. Yeah. At the recording of this, this has been recorded in December 2017. You might be listening to this on a playback on the podcast in 2018, though. Um, and it's fabulous, actually, because uh, at the venue where I'm at at the moment, which is uh, part of the Sustainable Ventures uh, portfolio, sustain- it's actually called Sustainable Bridges in central London. Uh, you might be able to hear the, the trains rumbling above us, uh, potentially in the background, because we're actually underneath London Bridge Station, pretty much. And uh, But also, one of the great things is that uh, they, they've just taken uh, delivery of their first uh, cheeky pandaloo rolls, so we can use them here. Uh, which is fabulous for us. And so that's a great story about what inspired you to do it. But the reason why I invited Chris to join me on this podcast and recording is because actually I saw Chris do a presentation. And um, as, a, as a day job, uh, when I'm not doing podcasting, I actually work with sustainable startups, much like Chris's. And I actually did go up to Chris and go, Chris, um, I'd love to help you but you don't need it because he he'd basically given such a good presentation that I could see he really knew how to make business work but I did say you'll be a fabulous uh, speaker on my podcast so can uh, you join very, us? very kind of you um, Adam um, and you know we you know when when we created this business we did the hard things at the beginning mm-hmm. um, so essentially we downloaded the Harvard Business School plan <laughs> and then wrote the um, entire business plan um, in, in, in significant detail. And I always say that if you plan things and you build your house on solid rocks, then you can achieve things, you know, um, very quickly and very fast. And, you know, we pretty much delivered the business plan to the letter. Um, mm. Now, we've had a lot of help along the way. I mean, this has not just been um, myself and Julie with a great idea. Um, at, at the very start, what I did is I uh, went to the head of the... Um, Essex County Council um, that deals with all the big businesses yeah. and uh, I said to him I bought him a curry um, and said and put a, a bamboo loo roll on the table <laughs> and he said do you do realise that I look after 100 million pound businesses in Essex yeah. I went yeah and I also realised that you're the man that knows all the logistics suppliers in Essex that can help me put together a world class supply chain yeah, yeah. and he said well actually as it happens I've used to got the guy that used to run Philipsville Dock in my team Right. Um, I'll get him to write you an email and then he sent me a five page email uh, not only detailing exactly the supply chain channels that I should choose yeah. uh, but also introducing um, the partners to me and I was able to leverage their name in order to get a bulk discount deal to kick the business off to start off with so how would you that's that's because this is why I'm really interested in you talking to you and, and, and getting your story out there to other people is because um, the, the theme of uh, the Inspiring Sustainability podcast is game changers. And I think this is uh, a game changing. The idea is game changing, but the, it's what's really game changing is the application. Because m- many people might have thought about uh, getting bamboo loo roll. Yeah. But there's, uh, and there might be other bamboo loo roll out there. Um, you might be able to tell us about that. But the key thing is actually how do you commercialize it and grow it rapidly? And so what I'd, I'd love if, and you've already started there, is give us a little bit more about 
um, how you've been kind of approaching this to make it so that it can go commercial and go quick? So one of the first things that we did, um, I start from like setting up the supply chain and then um, developing the products, was testing the market. So we, mm. we crowdfunded it to start off with. So mm-hmm. um, And the crowdfunding wasn't necessarily the money to actually buy the first container. The crowdfunding was to test if the, if the, if the appetite in the market was there. Mm. And within, we, so we spent a lot of time creating a really engaging video. And within three weeks, we'd overachieved our crowdfunding target. Right. And, and that, what that meant is that meant that we'd pre-sold half the container up front. Right. And we'd already established the market. But by doing that, we'd also um, got the interest of a number of journalists mm-hmm. and startups um, and um, awards. Yeah. So we launched the, the product in August, but we pre-sold um, to five major distributors mm-hmm. um, and three big janitorial companies. So, so when we actually came to market, we were already doing £10,000 a month. So we, we had a burn of about eight months where basically you know, we were working for free um, mm. and everything was cost. But what we did is when we actually launched in channel, we were actually you know, in revenue straight away. And mm. I think that's a, one of the differences that I see with how we've approached the market is, is revenue first, mm-hmm. idea second. And, and, I, and I'd like to always, when I talk about you know, building businesses, is always think, you know, have you got the right product for the market? Um, does it create a need that people are looking for and um, how can you commercialize it right okay and so tell us about that that's an interesting how you can create a need that but tell us that what was that so yeah so create, so create, create dig, dig, dig into that create create the need in the market so what i didn't want to do is i didn't want to create a, a, a product that was like a recycling product mm. because it would just be and remain a niche product mm. i wanted to create something that was as good as the leading brands in the market mm. um and that people wouldn't be able to tell the difference because I didn't just want to create something that would just be a small product. I wanted to create something that would be mainstream. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, but it's also very important to try and make sure the price is right because, you know, while it might be very nice for people to be sitting, uh, like a small minority of people to say, oh, yes, well, of course I mm-hmm. use that. Mm-hmm. That's not how you change a market. You know, you mm-hmm. have to change a market by competing at price. So we went very aggressive um, on our margins in order to be able to bring it into market to a point where we felt that it could adopt across the market. And when you say aggressive about your margins, do you mean that, that you were willing to take smaller margins we to were, get it into the market? We, we were prepared to take thin margins mm. um, because toilet tissue is something that you've got to sell a lot of. Mm. And I always knew that from the outset. If I just thought I was going to be selling a container a month, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have done the business. You know, yeah. I always thought that this would be 20 containers, 100 containers a month. Um, and how much is in a container? 64,000 toilet rolls. Wow, okay, that's a lot of bottoms clean. That's a lot of bottoms clean. So um, when we started the business, we had, uh, we started off with around about half a million toilet rolls. Right. Um, and, you know, we've sold them and many times more than that um, since. And um, we, we, we bought 150 tonnes of pulp the other day, um, just to sort of show you the the scale of um, the, where the business is today. And how much would 150 tonnes of pulp kind of come turn into? What, how many uh, loo rolls? You're talking we? millions of loo rolls. Wow. You know, so it's, it's, it's quite exciting to have taken something from a very sort of small point, um, you know, essentially less than 18 months ago, um, and now sort of find ourselves moving out of our, a niche category and into the mainstream. 
So how do you, there's the concept of the adoption of innovation, which for those people who haven't heard of it, it's that um, basically you start off with innovators, uh, which is a tiny percentage of people. Um, then you've got the early adopters, which are a bit bigger, which is maybe about 13%. Then you've got the early majority, about 35%, late majority, 35%, and then um, the kind of uh, resistant laggards, which is about 15% at right at the end. So where would you say in that adoption of innovation curve, which is like a bell curve, um, would you say where you're at at the moment? So because it's such a big market, I mean, you've got to remember this is something that everyone uses every day. Um, you know, this, this is a £2 billion yeah. market um, within the UK. So yeah. I mean, if you just did it by the numbers, then you're looking at we're still in the innovator stage yeah, um, and, and just coming into the um, early adopters. Great. So I mean... And I think what's interesting about this is I remember us talking about uh, what's to stop the the, the big boys, the, the big uh, producers of uh, loo roll coming in and just basically going, oh, wait a second, this is can be cheaper, more environmentally friendly, loads and loads of benefits to using bamboo. We're just going to change our uh, current way of doing business to do being about bamboo. So what's... What would be your, uh, what, why are you going to be able to stay ahead of the game? Or what's, what's your approach I, I, to that? I was very disappointed that the big companies hadn't done this 20 years ago. Right. And I was very surprised that the big companies hadn't done it 20 years ago. And it's only yeah. actually having sat in the industry for two years is that I now know why they haven't done it and why they'll struggle to do it. Right. Because the biggest company in the market sells £20 billion worth of tissue. And if 10% of their market wanted to start using bamboo, yeah. then they've got to be able to produce £2 billion worth of pro- bamboo product from a standing start. Right. And that just represents too much operational risk. Right, yeah, right? Yeah. So there's, there's, And also these big companies, you know, they've all got to sit down, agree a brand, agree a brand strategy, agree a route to market, put budgets, put the team together. Mm. And, you know, it takes some years, you know, and like essentially they're the big oil tanker and we're the little speedboat being all nice and nimble and but I mean I think for us it's, it, we don't mind other people coming into the market behind us and copying yeah. what we're doing yeah. um, but we're innovators right you know we are the people that create the ideas and we'll continue to innovate we'll continue to do things first mm. and, and, and that's where you make a difference in terms of like you know how people engage with you people want to be with the people that are leading the market people always followed Apple because Apple did things first yeah, and yeah. and, and in the market today, we don't really see a big retail brand as being completely environmentally friendly with all their products. Mm. And that's what we aspire to. We aspire to do this um, right throughout the market um, with all sustainable products and make a big difference. Yeah, yeah. No, so, I mean, what's interesting uh, for me is what you say about that, that branding side of thing. Now, what I'd um, one thing that I'm aware of, and it's uh, the, the only slight disappointment of today's uh, uh, visual presentation for those on the podcast is that we're not wearing a cheeky panda hat because uh, I've seen uh, Chris with quite a few of them. Tell me a bit about why, for something which is, you know, you're a serious businessman in a sense, uh, trying to grow a big business which will uh, is already turning over a lot of money and gonna, ambitions to turn a hell of a lot of money. Um, why do you, why are you kind of choosing to have? pictures all over the internet of you wearing a panda hat. Um, I mean, Branson nails it for me. Branson says, we're the brand, right? And if you've got 100 people in the room and you've got two people with panda hats on, 
everyone's going to be talking about the two people with panda hats. Yeah. Half the room will come up to you and ask you why you're wearing a panda hat. Mm. And the other half, half will ask their friends <laughs> why they're wearing a panda hat. Yeah. So you can go to an event and yeah. then the whole room will be talking about you. Yeah. And that's just smart marketing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? You know, so yeah, okay, I don't mind myself looking a little bit silly. But then, you know, this is part of the reason why, you know, I've got coverage in the Sun newspaper, you know, alongside Branson, yeah. you know, with panda hats. And uh, I, think, I think it said uh, the article was called um, Forbes Takes Bamboo, um, <laughs> uh, Bamboo Market. And it's toilet paper, toilet roll company is flush. <laughs> <laughs> a, typical, a typical Sun in the City uh, yeah. headline, you know, but very much... Would we have got the article if we weren't wearing the panda hat? You know, and no. and, and e- equally, um, you know, I've, we've just been nominated um, best new business of the year, um, and you know, uh, I got nominated entrepreneur of the year as well. Um, From what on what scale? Uh, so it was like Essex, right? Okay, yeah, right. you know, it's, it's a regional, you know, no, but it's, uh, you know, it's 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 still a, a you know big businesses turning over multi millions of pounds, you yeah. know, and um, to go up against them and and win that, you know, is a you know, a, a good endorsement for both, you know, what the business does, what the brand does, and, and what we can do. And so what, uh, tell us a bit about, uh, we've talked about the, the past, what built up, talking about the uh, present, where we're at, at the moment, what's happening in the near future and, and further future? So we've got some very exciting news, um, so I'm happy to share this with your podcast. Uh, so we're now um, all in Whole Foods, all throughout the UK, and we will be listing with Ocado this month, um, so that means that um, over 600,000 active users will have the chance to uh, purchase the Panda through a mainstream channel. And uh, we're also looking to go through most of the mainstream retail channels for next year. Uh, Wait Smart Space, which is a great big construction and FM company, mm-hmm. um, is making it their toilet tissue of choice. Uh-huh. And um, and there's many other uh, very large corporates, um, including Bunzel and Lyrical, that are making this the big push for 2018. And so just Whole Foods, is that the one that was bought out by Amazon? It was very good, the fact that we had over 100 five-star ratings um, on Amazon. Uh, I think maybe our success on Amazon uh, influenced the Whole Foods buyer to go and, do you know what, I can't lose in this one. (laughs) And literally at the point that he took it on was about one week after Amazon announced the takeover. So yeah, I I gave him a little prod and said, maybe you should... (laughs) Because that's one of the things, actually, that obviously in the short term, uh, from what I've heard, is mainly a UK-focused sort of brand. Do you have uh, global ambitions? I mean, we we are, um, I mean, from the very early stages, we've been selling throughout Europe. Mm -hmm. So we we use um, Big Green Smile um, and Amazon um, and um, BioPlanet, which is our um, 20-person, 20-store supermarket um, Mm -hmm. in Belgium um, sell our products so I mean 30% of our current sales are through Europe oh really yeah so it's it's quite significant and we've also got like some major interest from the French and German supermarkets um, for 2018 as well so I mean it's it's not just yeah it starts with the UK and having a UK brand Mm. is very prestigious and you know it's uh, sets us in great shape but you know this this is a product that transcends you know Mm. the whole planet you know, and if we can all start using bamboo, it produces more oxygen, you know, absorbs more carbon, mm. you know, that actually make the world a better place. So, yeah, you know, I mean, it's not right. necessarily if it's us that do it, but if there's other bamboo brands as well that can help, you know, move away from trees mm. that take 30 years to grow and start mm. using the fastest growing plant on the planet to, mm. uh, to, to, to use for our uh, dairy, then, you know, it's a, 
<laughs> it's a much better thing to do. Totally. And so, all very positives uh, so far, but challenges. I mean, one challenge that immediately comes to me is how do you um, take a, a green bamboo and in an environmentally uh, friendly way, turn it into a white loo roll um, without using nasty bleaches, etc. There's so there's so many different elements to um, this business. The, um, the the easy answer to that is we use our chemical called uh, hydrogen peroxide, which is like a water-based bleach, mm-hmm. which basically turns it white. Mm-hmm. Um, what I didn't realise was that um, recycled tissue, and I've been using recycled tissue for about ten years. Mm-hmm. Um, comes from um, newspapers and copier paper mm-hmm. and the amount of chemicals they use to de-inking agents mm. to process it into recycled tissue is actually more environmentally unfriendly than actually just cutting down a tree and so I've been sold a, personally a green product for yeah, yeah. over 10 years but uh, it's just drenched in chemicals and yeah. the chemicals are we shouldn't be using these in our body yeah. so you know there, there's, there's and m- most of the tissue that we use today is coming from mixed, mm-hmm. which is both an element of um, recycled tissue mm-hmm. and virgin pulp. Mm-hmm. And should we have the chemicals that are in the recycled tissue into our systems? Apparently not. I mean, we've just done a, a survey with people that suffer from eczema, and uh, 85% of them said that they had an improvement by using Cheeky Panda. Interesting. So by doing the right things well, not only have we created an environmental product, we've actually created a health product. Mm. And um, one of the biggest things that we've discovered most recently is that um, there is a build-up of um, certain um, formaldehyde within regular tissue. Mm-hmm. And some people have been wrongly diagnosed for over 10 years on chemicals, uh, on, on different treatments. Mm. And it's actually been the tissue that they've been allergic Interesting. to. And within a couple of weeks of them using our tissue, no symptoms. Okay. So it's, 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 quite, it's quite amazing some of the things that we've learned and hopefully we'll continue to learn as a result of our innovation. So with um, so that obviously that's definitely there's things where you're better than most of what we've currently got out there on many levels. Just looking forward, have you looked at what could be like where people might turn around and go, ah, yeah, but hydrogen peroxide is terrible for X reason? Or uh, are there other things that have kind of come up where... I think the biggest thing is um, that we look at is, um, one, um, is the carbon element. Um, But bamboo's got a higher sequestration rate, so um, it absorbs um, 35% more carbon, it produces more oxygen, Mm -hmm. um, and it harvests every year. Right, so there's like a carbon offset that happens as yep. a result of it, yep. and um, so people say, ah, but the, the bamboo you're using is coming from China. Mm. I said, well, yeah, but the, the the tree pulp that we're using is coming from Finland or Canada or Brazil, mm. and then they're sort of jamming them together. Right, mm. so our um, manufacturing is still 65% less carbon than normal. Yeah, but rather than just sort of saying, right, we've created a product that's 65% less carbon than like our traditional um, supermarket mm-hmm. um, product. We've done a carbon offsetting project, so we work right. with the uh, um, the World Land Trust on oh, yeah. a yeah, Viet- Vietnamese um, rainforest offsetting project. So yeah. uh, we basically it's a project that we pay rangers' salaries and they stop snaring, uh, stop deforestation, and um, also uh, the rangers help regenerate parts of the uh, rainforest that's gone into neglect. Right. So you know, th- th- there's lots of things that you can do. Um, one of the other things that we're looking at is that currently, you know, we're using uh, recyclable plastic. Mm. Uh, but, you know, we want to go further than that. We want to create, like, a, 
a vegetable bio-based um, plastic, um, so potato starch mm-hmm. plastic. Um, now, it's obviously going to be an educational thing between telling people to put what looks like a plastic into the food recycling mm-hmm. area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's confusing enough for people to recycle anyway, you know. Yeah. But, um, you know, th- these are some of the many innovations that, you know, we, we, we have done and will continue to do. Right, okay. So, um, and then just, uh, I'm going to, uh, uh, ask the question around the, the hydrogen peroxide because it sounds hydrogen peroxide sounds, sounds really oh don't, don't do that is it t- tell me a bit more about hydrogen peroxide just so for the for the listeners so they can it's, it's, understand it, it is what it's about close to water is it as a bleach as you can possibly find right so this is like the de facto standard for the health um, industry okay so I mean I, I, I would encourage people to look up um hydrogen peroxide um, see it's a water based bleach and then think about what the other types of bleaches that are being used instead of that um, right, yeah. you know we, we, we'd actually like to do some chemical analysis on um, what's currently in the current tissues because I'm pretty sure that it's a bit might, might be yeah nice. it's a bit like the E numbers benign yeah it's probably a bit like the E numbers you know yeah, yeah, it's like okay. what, what no, they're putting in it that's good I think the thing is is just that you, sometimes you hear words and the word has uh, an association with it and uh, and so that's great. So it's dispelled maybe a bit of a myth there because of hydrogen peroxide. I was like, oh, that sounds a bit a bit painful. Um, so thank you for that. So what we're doing is just kind of like uh, coming uh, to an end here. So maybe um, have you got one other sort of challenge that you'd like to share that you you're experiencing or that you know is coming up that and how how you're dealing with that? I mean. Um in business, I always like to look six months ahead of myself. Yeah. So it's not the issues today that I'm worried about because mm. we've, we've focused on dealing with everything today. It's where we're going to be in six months' time. So if we start to go majorly through market, yeah. it's making sure that we've got enough. And you know, thankfully, um, you know, we're well capitalised currently. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, but we're you know, if we're going to keep to the ambition of what we're going to be, we're probably going to require to do some sort of Series A um, mm-hmm. within the next sort of six months. So these are the sort of bigger questions in terms of um, scale. What I call it is I call it speed bumps. Right. Yeah. You know, so you when you're going really, really fast, it's kind of like, okay, mm-hmm. what's coming up? Yeah. Where's the corners? And what am I going to do with it? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we're, we're just uh, going back on a technical term. Series A, what sort of scale of uh, investment would you be looking for then? So, um, I mean, we're having conversations around about a five million investment right. into the business um, at a decent market cap. But, you know, I won't go into no, no. any further details at this point. No, that's fair enough. It just gives people an idea of if they've got five million quid in their back pocket, they can help people's uh, bottoms to be um, slightly more sustainable in the way that they, yeah. they keep doing I, I think we've got our, um, we've got an everyday product, you yeah. know, and, and, and it's very rare that you get a chance to disrupt something that hasn't been disrupted in decades and yes. being able to, you know, something that is such a, a core part of everyday life, we don't talk about it, but the fact that we could be doing something so much better with it, you know, makes it a very easy thing to get your head around and to also adopt. Absolutely, and I think that's one of the reasons why I wanted to, to get you on here is because one, it's everybody can identify it. Everybody literally uses it uh, on a daily basis for most. And it's something that most people have just unconsciously accepted that at best we'll get is recycling, recycled yeah. con- content. But actually, as you're saying, it's re- even recycles not so good. But that's what game-changing sustainability is going to be about. That's what inspiring sustainability is going to be about. It's about thinking differently about a problem and a solution and then delivering it. And, and so I've been delighted to hear your story here. Yeah, and if we can inspire others to create other green products and take them to mass market, then 
you know, the world will be a better place. And if we all do the right things well, then, you know, we're all going to be in a much better place in 10 years' time. Yeah. The, um, the, the products uh, are available. We've got lots of different products. We don't just do toilet tissue. We do hand towels. We do facial tissues. We do napkins. Right. Um, you know, so we've got a full range. We'll have kitchen towels and, and pocket tissue early part of next year. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, there's a great big um, section of where to buy on www.thecheekypanda.co.uk. Uh, and you know, as well as the big names, um, Amazon's probably the easiest place to click and subscribe. Great. Okay. And so, for yourself, then, Chris, uh, if people want to follow you and uh, what you're doing, or and, and the business on social media places, where where, where do they find you? So uh, at the Cheeky Panda One, um, and if you go on to at the Cheeky Panda One on Facebook, you'll see that there's a big uh, competition for a bamboo hamper. So that's not just the Cheeky Panda, but it's also a lot of other sustainable bamboo um, brands that are out there that that are well worth following. And uh, at the Cheeky Panda one is our handle across all our social media. And uh, for myself, I mean, Adam's tweeted me. So if you're following this on Twitter, then you'll see at Forbesy Moore as my handle. Great stuff. And then can they they connect with you on LinkedIn if they... Yeah, of course. Yeah. And I'm always happy to connect with people. And... um, um, I'm quite generous with my time, um, but as long as it's sensible. Yeah, yeah. So that's Chris Forbes online. And then the Cheeky Panda one is it's the number one at the end of it, just for those people who are searching for it. And uh, so that's uh, a wrap for today. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Uh, it's done exactly what I thought it would do in terms of it certainly inspired me and hopefully it's inspired uh, those who've been listening and watching. And so this is Adam Woodhall of Inspiring Sustainability on the Game Changers uh, series. I, uh, you can find me uh, at Adam Woodhall and Adam Woodhall on Twitter and LinkedIn, respectively. And so that's closing today's uh, program. Just want to say thank you to Chris. And um, it's been great uh, doing it. Thank you for listening and watching.